Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Good morning. How are you guys? So good to see you, and good to be with you this morning. Um, I just want to, just any of those of you that are here that are new, I just want to welcome you. Really glad to have you here with us. Uh, We're in a series right now called Unwrapped, and we're looking at spiritual gifts. And if you didn't hear Michael's talk last week, it was really good. It was on the, right, the eyes of God. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the mouth of God, the mouth of God, which is really cool. So we're talking about prophecy. We're talking about the gift of tongues. We're talking about, along with that, would be the interpretation of tongues. Now, these gifts are actually some of the most, let's just be honest, the most controversial, (laughs) the most misunderstood, sadly, some of the most divisive gifts. We all have our experiences with these gifts that kind of color our perception of them. I just want you to think for a moment, what's, what's been your experience when it comes to prophetic, the prophetic or, or the gift of tongues? I know for myself, I grew up with really cool stories of my mom and dad in college getting the gift of tongues. They would tell me these stories, these powerful, real encounters with God, and I just thought it was so cool. I, I never heard them speak in tongues, but I, I just I knew of it. And then my first real experience of of seeing tongues in action was actually, I went to a friend's church, and at one point during her service, um, everyone started speaking at tongues all at the same time, and prophetic words were being shared, and it was, even to my little kid brain, very chaotic, seemed really hyped up and just strange to me. I was a little freaked out, if I'm honest. And I even noticed the people in the back of the room along with me with eyes like big as saucers going, what is going on? And think they were just as uncomfortable as I was. And it was a really sweet church. I don't want to bash the church at all. I mean, they were just sweet people, but it was so weird to me. And it kind of like freaked me out. I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) And uh, that colored my perception, right? Now, for some of you, you might not have any idea what I'm talking about. You don't have any experience with prophetic or gifts in the sense of like tongues. That's okay. If you're a new believer, totally okay. If, you're, if you've been around the block a couple of times, if you've been burnt by these gifts, you've been in the church for a while, um, and you're kind of like, you know what, I'm just uncomfortable with these gifts, that's okay too. Because what's so sweet is I just love the Word of God so much. Because when we look at the Word, it is not unclear when it comes to these gifts. It's not. It is super straightforward, very clear, and I think a lot of the confusion that we have as people when it comes to these gifts are simply because our experiences start to inform our definitions of what they are, right? We we come to Scripture with an idea of what they already are and what they're supposed to look like. Instead, we should be letting the Word inform us about what they are and how they're to be used. And I think when we do that, we find incredible freedom and blessing in these gifts instead of that fear and that skepticism that we can bring to it. So let's go ahead and pray and just invite the Holy Spirit to be with us this morning. God, we are so grateful for your word. And we do, we just pray that as we look at your your scripture today, Lord, your word, that you would just bring revelation uh, to our eyes, to our minds, to our hearts, to our mouths, Lord, that you would speak to us about 
how you intended these gifts to look. God, I pray that you would just empower me with your spirit right now in the name of Jesus, that I would just deliver this message in a way that would just be helpful. And mostly, Lord, that you would just be honored by what is spoken today. Lord, we just pray that you would have your way among us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and open up to our passage today. It's a big chunk of scripture, but I think it's worth reading because, like I said, it's actually really clear when it comes to the prophetic and the gifts, um, especially tongues. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 19. And I want you to remember this, that Paul here, he's speaking to the Corinthian church, and it's not like this church. It doesn't look like this. So back then, it was like more like what we would say our small groups look like. They were little house churches. They were like 15, 20 people. They were meeting all throughout the city. And this is who Paul was speaking to, these small little churches like this. Let's go ahead and dive in. Let love be your highest goal, he says. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some kind of special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like a flute or a harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler sounds, doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know that they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words that they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has a meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I'll be a foreigner to someone who is speaking it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what is being said, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? Well, I'll pray in the spirit, and I'll also pray in words that I understand, and I'll sing in the spirit, but I'll also sing in words that I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? And how can they join with you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear it. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. 
Well, see, Paul is writing this letter, if you remember, as a letter of correction to the Corinthians. Because when you start to dig into the book of Corinthians, well, the letter, both letters, you see that the Corinthians, well, they kind of valued the gift of tongues way above all the other gifts. So when they would gather together, they would all just be speaking in tongues. And it was super chaotic. They thought it was really spiritual, right? Because it sounds cool. It sounds really spiritual. And here they are just... No one's getting edified. No one's really getting built up. They're all just speaking in tongues together. And, and Paul's saying, guys, it would be so much better if you prophesied because then God can use that person to really mutually benefit and encourage one another. And as Ma- and Michael and Andrew have already said in this series, the gifts are given to build up the church. That's the point. That's why they're given to us, not to make ourselves feel more spiritual. They're not given so that we feel more spiritual, like we're on a higher plane. It is not about us, right? The gifts are given. We're blessed to be a blessing. That's the point of the gifts. So first, let's look at prophecy. Let's look at the prophetic. I just want to talk about the definition. What's the definition of of prophecy here? What we see from this passage is that it means speaking forth a message from God in a known language under the immediate inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. Prophecy literally means to foretell, to foretell, not to foretell. Even though it can sometimes be uh, about the future, for the most part, it is a, it's a now word from God into the present moment. It's a now word. God gives the message now for this moment. Prophecy is not talking about what I'm doing here, which is like a pre-prepared message, right? It's a teaching. This is teaching. Prophetic is a spontaneous utterance, a spontaneous utterance. And this is where I think that prophecy starts to differ from a word of knowledge, which we talked about last week. Michael talked about that. Uh, word of knowledge is something that only you know, maybe that only you and God know, right? And so that, that would look like somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, I felt like the Lord said that I was supposed to come over here and ask you about your job. Is something going on with your job? I feel like that your job is something going on with your job. And you're like, how did you know that? I just lost my job today and I haven't told anybody. You know, that's like a, a word of knowledge. It's something you know that nobody else knows. And God uses it to show you that, that he sees you, right? But then a prophecy would be when that person steps into, okay, wow, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I am so sorry you lost your job. But I, it's so funny because the Lord specifically put on my heart to tell you that he's with you and that he sees you, he's got you. I mean, how encouraging would that be? That's prophetic. That's God speaking into the situation, a word for now. A word of a revelation, right? That's a word for now. Revelation coming from God is something that maybe you haven't thought about before. It's something maybe you're unsure about. It's something that's hidden, that he's making known. So that's the prophetic. So what is the purpose of prophecy? What's the purpose? And Paul lays it out really clearly here in verse 3. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men, and I'll add women, uh, for for their strengthening encouragement and comfort. It's right there. It's to strengthen, which means to edify, right? It means to build up. And that could be something like, you know, I believe that God wants you to know that the way that you minister in kids' ministry, it really blesses God. 
It really blesses God. I mean, yeah, sure, you need to test that word, but boy, wouldn't you think that would be encouraging? That would be so strengthening to hear that what you're doing week in and week out totally pleases the heart of God. That's, that builds people up. And then the second purpose, to encourage, to exhort. It actually means to instill courage. It's things like keep on going, keep on going, uh, keep persevering in your marriage, uh, persevere through this trial. It can even be let go of that pattern of behavior. God has something better for you. It's to instill courage. And then comfort, which means to console someone. And that could be like something like, you know, I believe that God wants me to tell you that he sees your pain. He sees the pain that you're in, and he wants you to know that he, he knows what you're going through and that he wants to walk with you through this. Now, I want to say this, that when a prophetic word doesn't sound like these three, that doesn't strengthen, doesn't encourage, doesn't comfort, then it probably isn't from God. That's just the way it is, right? If it comes across, and I mean, both in content and in the way that it's delivered, is really judgmental, is really harsh and critical, that's probably not the Lord. That's not how he speaks to us, is it? He's not one of condemnation. He doesn't speak to us like that. He speaks to us that, in a way that is respectful and loving. And that's really important to remember. You know, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul also mentions this again in 5, 19 and 20 through 22. Don't quench the spirit, he says. Don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. Paul is really clear here about what's so necessary when it comes to the prophetic, which is we have to weigh it, right? We have to discern whether or not it's from the Lord. I think especially if the prophetic word has to do with your future or has to do with any kind of direction or choice that you need to make in your life. And it's really important because ultimately, we are responsible for the decisions that we make in our lives. So future and directional prophecy should really only highlight something that God is already doing in your life, something you think he's already speaking to you about. Prophetic is a great yellow highlighter for life. It's just a yellow highlighter, right? It highlights what God's already been speaking to you about. And recently, well, in the last couple of years, I mean, it's happened to me a couple of times where I've gotten that highlighter word from the Lord, the time I've needed it the most. And, and the story that comes back to mind, which is one I've shared before, is uh, when I was first stepping out and risking when it, started, when it came to like preaching and teaching. And, and I'll be honest, it was something that I knew that the Lord wanted me to step into. I just didn't know why. And I really didn't want to put words to it. I think I was really scared and intimidated. And so when I first took this, uh, I took a preaching and teaching class a ways back, and I knew that God had me there for a reason. He had actually made a way for me to be in that class. Really cool ways that he showed me, like, Heather, I want you to go to this class. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I, I went, he provided a way. And when I got there, I realized I was the only person that wasn't on staff at a church, wasn't a pastor, or wasn't like a national speaker I'm like, why, why am I here? Why am I here? And uh, really intimidated. And one of the assignments at the very end of the class was to actually preach a sermon, obviously. And so when I had to, I had to practice. And I practiced in front of, honestly, the first time I really ever preached was to five ladies in my small group. Bless them. I was so nervous, just the five of them. And I'd stand there, you know, in our small group. We were, you know, we met at lunch during work time um, at work. And I'm standing there, I gave the sermon, and I'm shaking. It was, I was so nervous. And I, and I sat down, and, and my small group leader looked at me, and she goes, Heather, 
I want you to know, like, this is, I think the Lord is, is saying this to you, that you are called to do this. And then she goes, Heather, you are called to do this. Do you hear me? And I'm like, oh, you're so nice. Like, that's just so sweet of you. Like, just brushed it off, right? Because I wasn't ready to hear that. Well, a week later, I had to give the sermon in front of those 15 women in the class and talk about nerves. Boy, you know how far I've come over the last, like, three or four years here. And I, I, I gave him that sermon, and, and I came down off the stage. Yeah, I did give it on a stage. It was so intimidating. And I came down off the stage, and I sat down. I was so nervous. My, my water, I couldn't even drink my water. My hand was shaking so bad, so I just sat it back down. And the lady, I kid you not, right across from me, because Heather, I, I, just, I feel like the Lord is, is speaking to me right now. He's saying, like, Heather, you're called to do this. You need to, and she just starts crying. She's like, Heather, you need to know that you're called to do this. She said it twice, just like my small group leader. And I thought, maybe this is God. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I, I, I needed that highlighter. I needed that prophetic word from the Lord to, to show me, like, this is God. What I've been stirring in you, what I've been saying to you, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's confirmation. That's when God uses the prophetic as confirmation, and that's really all directional prophecy should be. So when the, pro, the, the Apostle Paul says, guys, don't, don't treat prophecies with contempt, what do you think he's talking about there in, in that Thessalonians passage? I think what he's talking about is what you see in, when you look at church history, because the church has been tempted to despise prophecy for one simple reason— I think, <laughs> For, because of prophets, because of people, right? It's people, it's us, we're broken. It's the ones delivering the prophetic message. I think because certain people start getting spontaneous revelations from God when they start to gain this like secret information, you know, uh, they carry themselves like they're more spiritual than everybody else, right? It's easy to do. Your pride gets puffed up. You think it's all you. It's totally not, but you think it is. And, and you can kind of say, like, have that air of, like, I'm above you, you know? And, and, and let's just be honest. We don't like people like that. We, don't, we really reject people that are really arrogant and, and that are really kind of elitists. We, we can easily want to despise it because of the person delivering it. But we've got to test it, Right? And I would also say don't be intimidated by the prophetic either. Just because somebody has a prophetic word for you and they're super confident and they're super sure that it's God doesn't mean it's God. You still got to test it. You've got to take that word and you've got to go, Lord, is this from you? Because if it isn't, I'm just going to lay it to the side. And if you want to bring it back, great. But I, you've got to learn how to test those words with the Lord. I think a real key to the prophetic is humility, Right? It's humility, because humble people promote God's name way above their own name, way above their own name. I don't think that we should claim that the words that we hear from God are 100% accurate. I don't, know, I don't think we should. I think we need to remember that we're limited and acknowledge that we have our imperfections. I think all the gifts should be held with humility, with humility, because we don't own them. We don't own them. They're gifts, right? They're gifts. We are just a conduit for whatever God wants to do in the moment. The question is, am I willing to join in and be used by God and what he wants to do? 
And when it comes to the church, I mean, especially this church on the weekends, we can assume pretty confidently that there are people here that need strengthened, that need encouraged, and that need comfort. I mean, that is why we do ministry time at the end of our service every single week is because we know that that's what God's called us to do is to be the hands, the feet, the mouth, the eyes of Jesus to one another, right? That's the point of the gifts. So let's go ahead and look at the gift of tongues. Are you ready? Okay, let's dive in. Come on. Okay, so first, the first thing I want to say, what is it? It's a gift. Let's just talk about that for a second. Before we get into the definition, the gift of tongues is just that. It is a gift. Therefore, it means it's good. It means it's good. It means it's desirable. It means it's valuable, right? And it's not just a gift. It's a gift of the Spirit, which means it's God's way of extending his love to the church. How cool is that? You know, in 1 Corinthians 14, in, in verse 4, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking to only God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but all be mysterious. So the definition for tongues is this. means speaking forth a message to God in an unknown language, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the direction, think of it like this, the direction of prophecy, like we just talked about, is from God to man, okay? From God to man. But tongues is from man to God. You're just going to remember that little sound right in there that I make. That's all you're going to remember. From, from man to God. That's tongues. You know, when I first started coming to the vineyard, Again, like I said, I was a little skeptical of, of the gift of tongues especially. And, and when I started coming to the vineyard, they would talk about it all the time. They would talk about the gift of tongues. And, and sometimes I would hear somebody off to the side. I'm like, I think they're speaking in tongues. You know? But it was never a, skept, a spectacle. It wasn't something they did from the stage. Um, it was really low-key, which I kind of liked. I was like, that's cool. And <laughs> but I remember God started to really build this desire with a gift of tongues. And so I remember this one morning, I, I went forward for prayer, and I asked, I was like, I really feel like God wants to give me the gift of tongues, and so would you mind praying for me? And she did. She prayed for me, and guess what? And nothing happened. <laughs> Absolutely nothing happened. And nothing happened for about six to seven months. And God just kept growing this desire for tongues in me. And every time I would go get prayer for the gift of tongues, nothing would happen. Talk about discouragement. Because, you know, I'll just be honest, I was a total skeptic. And I really wanted to know if God could actually make my mouth work without me consciously controlling it. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I was just curious if he could actually do that because I felt very, like, I'm like a very aware person, you know? Like, I don't think God could just do that. I mean, that would be weird. <laughs> and so I was, I was really skeptical, but that desire just kept, to, kept growing. And I think the reason why is because that tension inside over those six, seven months, started to really break me down in a good way. It started to humble me because I couldn't control it. I couldn't just turn it on. I couldn't make it happen. I didn't want to make it happen. I wanted to know that it was God. I wanted to know it was real. I wanted to know it was him. And therefore, I, I, it wasn't like this... You know, in our instant culture, we just want things to happen, right? We want to make things happen. We're used to being able to control things in our lives. And when we can't control them, we get impatient and we get upset and things start coming out of us. And, 
And that's, that was me. And I started to just, like, having to really learn what it looked like to wait on the Lord and continue to ask. And that is such a hard tension to live in, is, is waiting on the Lord, knowing he's giving you a desire for something, and yet being patient and waiting and continuing to ask for it. And so uh, there was, again, another Sunday where uh, the pastor said, I think the Lord wants to give of a gift of tongues. And I, I was like, fine, I'll go for it again. You know, a bad attitude. <laughs> I went for it. And, and my small group leader came over and, and she put her hand on me. She's like, oh, what do you need prayer for? I'm like, oh, you know, it's a gift of tongues again. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, because <laughs> we've prayed about it so many times. And, and it was just almost out of obedience, not because I really had a lot of faith, but just because I knew that it was something I thought God wanted to give me. And, and so she prayed for me and nothing happened absolutely nothing. And then I was like, well, thanks for praying. And she's like, actually, do you mind if we just pray again? I feel like the Lord is just saying, keep praying. And I'm like, ah, sure. <laughs> Why not? And she put her hand on me. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just came close. It wasn't, it wasn't this big dramatic thing. I just felt that I just knew that he was there. I could sense this, almost like this cool breeze just kind of flowing over me. I was like, oh, the, he's here. He's here. And, and immediately just started babbling this stuff out of my mouth. And I'm thinking in my head, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening right now, right? And my mind is thinking things, but my mouth is saying something completely different. I was just quietly saying it under my breath because I was like, this is really weird. But the real test was when I got in my car, right? When I'm driving home and I'm like, I bet that was just nothing. I bet that was nothing. Let's just see if, let's see if it, and I opened my mouth and it started coming out again. And I just started to weep because it had been such a long time of just praying and praying and praying. And I was like, God, you are, you are real. You are in control, aren't you? And it was just this, this inner realization of the truth that I'd believed here, but it became so real to me in that moment. And that's what tongues has always been for me after that point. It's just this realization of God, you're in control and you've got this. And it is this hum it's this humbled, humbled place that I come to in my heart now. Um, you know, when we look at the purpose of tongues, the purpose for tongues isn't to make us to feel super spiritual, right? Like the Corinthian church. The purpose of tongues is for praise, it's for prayer, and it's for the strengthening of our inner selves, our inner spirits. And we see this in Scripture. In Acts 2, uh, you, you know about what happens in Acts 2, right? It's the first time anyone speaks in tongues. There's 120 disciples of Jesus. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, and he comes in power. And, and there's, like, t flames of flaming tongues of fire that come. To, I want to know what that looks like. That had to have been really cool. And they all pour out into the streets and it's this festival time, so there's all these international people around and different ethnicities and nationalities. And, and what they say in verse 11 is we hear them, these disciples, declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And this is the first expression. It's praise and worship. It's praise and worship to God. Tongues is a way to praise God. A way to praise God is a wonder language. It's a wonder language. It's a form of praise. And the second way is prayer. It's prayer. The second purpose we see is for prayer. It's the way that we can pray for our own needs when we don't know what to pray for, right? Have you ever been in that place where you just don't know what to pray? Absolutely. That's what the gift of tongues is for. It's to help us to intercede, not just for ourselves, but for others in our private conversation with the Lord. It's, it's a prayer language, right? 
And I know I've said this uh, last time I preached, but in Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says the Holy, Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us in groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who believes, who knows all, all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And I know I've talked about this before, but I've been digging into this passage because this has been my life over the last six months. I feel like that's the place that I've been. I don't have a lot of words to pray, but there's been a lot of groanings. <laughs> there's been a lot of just speaking in tongues in this season of my life. And you know what I love about this? That it means you do not have to be a smart and eloquent person to pray. Amen? That if you can groan, you can pray. And, and I don't know if that's encouraging to you, but if you have a, of a friend or a family member that is disabled or they're on the spectrum or they're deaf or they're mute, guess what? They pray too, right? No one can't communicate to God. And God communicates and can communicate to all of us. That is prayer. And that is so encouraging because honestly, a lot of times those long wordy, you know, prayers are not as powerful as the groans, and sometimes as speaking, it tells, you know, a lot of uh, commentaries actually say that this groaning, it, it's actually Paul referring to the gift of tongues. And what I, I've recently read a story of a mother who was, her son was having an asthma attack at the time and she was praying for him. And he goes, mama, mama, would you, no, 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 pray the other way, pray the other way. And she's like, what? He's like, the way, the, with the words that I don't understand. And she's like, with the words, oh, uh, why? And he's like, because it works better. And he knew as a kid that when he was having an asthma attack, when his mom started praying in tongues, it went away faster. <laughs> I mean, so it's a gift of intercession and spiritual warfare when it comes to prayer. I mean, it's really powerful. And then third purpose is to strengthen our inner man. And this is, this is just so cool. And he talks about this in verse 4. It's one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. But, but look before that. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. And I think this is so important, so important, because when we're gathered together like this, prophecy is always better. But when we're scattered, tongues is always better. And does that sound familiar? Like maybe this year, have we felt scattered a little bit? Yeah? <laughs> and, and this is a gift that God has given to the church for times like this. It's a gift that we can ask for. Say, God, I am not with my church today. I am home alone. I'm isolated. I'm, I'm quarantined. God, would you build me, build me up, Lord? Give me the gift of tongues that I might be encouraged from within. You know, James Dunn, he's a theologian, and he says, Studies have indicated that contrary to popular belief in which tongues are associated with madness, uh, today it is said to give people a sense of balance, wholeness, and well-being. Depression among tongue speakers is often reduced. They become more open to feeling and to the effective dimension of their experience, more spontaneous, and, the, and better able to cope with anxiety. How cool is that? If you struggle with anxiety or depression, and I can absolutely attest to this, for the last six months I've been struggling with a lot of postpartum anxiety, and speaking in tongues has been one of the ways that I feel like I, it just centers myself. It gets me back from that chaos and brings me to a place of centeredness with the Lord. And, and it's been so encouraging for me in this season. I would so encourage you, if you struggle with anxiety and fear, ask God for the gift of tongues. It can be so, so helpful in seasons like that. 
You know, the Apostle Paul, he says really clearly that the gift of tongues is a huge personal value to him. He values it a lot. He says in verse 5, I would like every one of you to be able to speak in tongues. And in verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I love that he says that only Paul could get away with saying that. Uh, the tongues is, such, tongues is such a valuable gift. And can everyone speak in tongues? No. Clearly, God has not given that gift to everyone. But he does say to eagerly seek all the gifts. That's kind of a command, right? It's not just a suggestion. It's a command we should be praying for and asking the Lord for spiritual gifts. So lastly, how does God use this gift, this gift of tongues in the church? And this is where interpretation comes into play. Remember, the church back then was kind of the equivalent to what our small groups look like. So 10 to 15, maybe 20 people at most, not a large congregation like this. He actually really lays it out clearly in verses 26 and 27. He says, everything must be done so the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, but someone must interpret if there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. You know, in public, we don't speak in tongues unless there's somebody to interpret. And if you're not sure if somebody's there that could interpret, then we don't speak it out loud. We speak it to ourselves, to, well, to the Lord in our heads. And by the way, and that's just as powerful, okay? You don't have to speak it out loud for it to be powerful. And you don't have to have an interpretation when it comes to your own prayer life. If you're sitting in your closet alone, speaking it out loud, you don't have to have an interpretation for it to be powerful. It is powerful in and of itself when we speak to the Lord in that prayer language. But as a note for when it comes to be interpreted within the context of church, um, a, an interpretation always should sound like what? What do we know it should sound like? It should sound like a praise or a prayer to God. That's what the interpretation should sound like. It needs to be spoken to God. If someone comes up with it, you know, an interpretation after someone shared a, a tongue in your small group and they say, I think the Lord is saying this to us, you can say, well, that's really great prophetic word. Thank you for sharing that, but that's not an interpretation. Does anyone have an interpretation? Because it should always be from us to God. It's a praise or a prayer. And when someone interprets a tongue, it's not a translation. So sometimes the, the, the tongue can be really long and the interpretation can be really short because it's not, it's, it's, not a, um, it's not a translation. It's not word for word. So it's an interpretation. It's a heavenly language and it needs a heavenly interpretation. So that's what it's going to sound like. So in closing, I just want to talk about how do we receive these gifts? How do we receive tongues? How do we receive the prophet? How do we receive really any gift? And what I said just just here in a, a second ago was that we just simply need to ask for it. We need to ask for the gifts. How many of us, and I'm convicted by this, how many of us on a regular basis ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And not, I'm not talking about when we have a sermon series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm talking like in your normal prayer life, do we actually ask for the gifts of the Spirit? I think it is so incredibly important. And it's not because if we ask a lot, God will give it to us, right? It's because it's a command. He's asking us to continually come to him and, and pray for the gifts. He says, eagerly desire them. Eagerly desire them. I know it's hard to pray uh, for the gifts when after time and time again you don't seem to get them. 
But God is saying, keep, keep asking, keep asking. And the other, I think, important ingredient when it comes to the gifts is, is love. It's absolutely a necessary ingredient when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, look at just the chapter before the one we've been looking at today, chapter 13. It is all about love, right? It starts out, you know, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Amen. <laughs> and if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith to even move mountains, but I have not love, I am what? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. If you really love people, if you want to serve people, you are naturally going to be surrounded by people that are needy, that are sick, that need God's grace. It's amazing how when you have a, a heart of love and compassion, how, how people are just, God just brings people to you. He does. It makes you need him all the more. I want you to think about church as um, a restaurant. When you come to church, think of yourselves as waiters and waitresses, and you're ready to serve, right? Get ready to serve. This is God's restaurant. It's not your restaurant. <laughs> it's his. But he's saying, guys, come ready to serve. Come ready to ask me how I might use you to bless others today. And you know why I think this is? I think this is because one of the biggest doors to God's power and to his grace is through the door of compassion and obedience. And I, I wanna dig the depths of that because it is so incredibly true. Compassion, there's power in compassion. There's power in compassion and there's power in obedience because a compassionate heart looks a lot like Jesus's heart. That's what we see when we look at Jesus in scripture. And I think the Lord can trust that compassionate heart that looks like his. And he can trust an obedient heart because that obedient heart only does what the Father is doing, right? Yeah, and that's, that's, that's how we operate when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand. Lord, we are just so grateful for what you're doing in the room right now. Your presence is with us, and we're so grateful for that. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. We're just gonna take some time to do just that. I just want you to open up your hands if they aren't open already, just as a posture of receiving from the Lord this morning. We're gonna wait on the Lord for a moment. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. God, we just ask you to begin to open our eyes, open our mouths. Mm. We wanna say, God, that your gifts are good. God, and we are asking for them right now. Would you give your gifts? Would your power come? More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Would you just increase the gifts of prophecy right now in the room? More, more Lord. We just release the gift of tongues as well, God. Holy Spirit, come. There are some of you, your, your mouths are gonna start getting a little hot or your mouth will be, like your tongue will be a little tingly. That's usually a sign of the prophetic. Um, and even if that's not happening, I want you to, you know, even if you have, God's used you for prophetic words before, maybe never before, I want you to just open your eyes and look around the room and say, God, do you have anyone here that you wanna highlight to me today? And just, and if he does, if he kind of puts your eyes on someone and you're like, I don't know who that person is, but I feel like God's highlighting that person. 
um, just wait for a moment and say, God, do you have anything you wanna say to them today? God, do you have anything you wanna say to them today? And just wait, just wait and ask him. See, and, and the real risk here is to actually go over to that person when we start to pray for one another here in a minute and actually tell them what you think that the Lord was saying to them. And, and the real risk is to say, does that resonate with you? Is that something that, that uh, you think is the Lord? Uh, and I really, I would encourage you to do that this morning. Take a risk. Ask the Lord what he might be speaking to one another because we, we need this. We need to mutually benefit, encourage, strengthen each other. And, and then for some of you, as we were praying there, um, just strange words were coming through your mind, like strange, like babyish words. And what I'd encourage you to do is either text yourself a phonetic spelling of what you think that is or write it down. And when you get in your car on the way home or when you get home today, I want you to just say that word out loud with the Lord. And just see if he adds anything to it. See if anything else comes as you just start saying that word to the Lord. Um, it's going to feel a little childish at first. That's okay. It's the Lord. And I would just, I would just encourage you, just, just open your mouth. Just see what he, he starts to, to bring uh, through, through your mouth. Um, you never know what he could, he could be opening up today. And um, I just really felt like the Lord said to, to specifically just for those as an encouragement for us to just press into what feels uncomfortable because he wants us to not just, he doesn't want us to be comfortable per se, he wants us to be Christ-like, right? And, and most of the time when he does that, it's him pushing us out of our comfort zone a little bit. So this morning, I just wanna encourage you, um, if you need prayer, we're gonna have this time of prayer. I know Michael has a couple words he wants to share. Um, but we're going to pray for one another this morning, see what God does, what he, what he imparts this morning. You know, just listening to Heather, I was thinking, isn't this kind of crazy, what we're talking about? It really offends a Western logical mind. And I think some of us, that's that uncomfortable. We've got to keep leaning into that. But um, so I just had a couple of folks that I, uh, that I felt like God pointed out to me. And I don't know your name, but this young man right beside Penny, I think that's your grandson, Penny. All through the service, I just kept thinking of you and hearing the phrase, "You today, you have leveled up. And I felt like it, it's not so much, it's something that the Lord wants to do in you. And so I don't want to embarrass you or anything, but I'd sure love to pray with you in, in a second. And, and then, um, Al, I know when you and Lisa came in, again, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I, I guess I just did. But Al, when you came in, I, I pointed out your T-shirt and how colorful it is. It has this, just this burst of color. And I couldn't stop thinking about it during the service. I thought, am I that jealous? Do I, you know, maybe I can get your shirt. No, but, but, I, but you know what? I feel like God said, your T-shirt is a picture of something God is doing you. I saw him pouring something into you, and your heart was exploding mm. with all this color, and it was, it was the heart of God towards other people. I just feel like there's like, like you're a, you see people, you, you feel for people. If I'm right, I guess if I'm not, you can let me know. But, but I would just... If, um, for someone to pray for you, Al, just to really bless you. And then one last thing, and again, this is so bizarre, but during that last song, I just, all of a sudden I heard this woman's voice just out of nowhere, say, just condemning me. Like, sit up, done it up, just these little condemning critical. And I just, I don't know if there's someone here today where maybe it was a mother in your life that was so critical that it's really shut you down from trying anything new from sort of, you're, you're sort of trapped in that. And so I don't know if that makes sense, but if it does, we'd love to pray for you. Thanks for sharing, Michael. Yeah, if you have any need this morning, we're just gonna have you raise your hand 
and we're going to gather around you at a social distance and uh, just extend a hand, and we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. And when I was praying for the service uh, this morning, uh, last night, I just had this picture of like gold dust being pumped through the air vents. And I was like, that's cool, Lord. I want that. <laughs> I, want, I want like your presence just pumped through the air vents today. And, and that's our expectation, right? When we do this, this is, this is all God. This is not us. We're not manufacturing anything here. We're literally just saying, God, would you come? We want a real experience of you. So who's that today that you, you know that you need that real experience of the Holy Spirit this morning? And that the gift of tongues is maybe something you've been praying for and, and you want the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of tongues. Would you raise your hand today? Or if you feel like you have a prophetic word for someone, would you just take a risk? And would you go over to that person and just encourage them this morning? Have them test it with the Lord? Um, so anyone here, any kind of sickness that you have, any kind of overwhelming weight that you see in this coming week, we wanna pray for you. We wanna pray for you. So just go ahead and raise your hands right now, anyone. You're sensing just we, we know that, I know that I need more of the Holy Spirit this week. I need a touch from the Holy Spirit. We just wanna pray for you. We wanna gather around you this morning and just bless you. We're gonna sing one last worship song and then I'll come back up and close our time together. So anyone that just, you're sensing the Lord needs, you need prayer from the Lord this morning, just go ahead and raise your hand and we'll, we'll pray for you. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.